Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Dave Kovar. Let's get right to it. The title of today's podcast is What I Have Learned When I'm Paying Attention Part 2. And of course, this is a follow-up from Part 1 last uh, on the last podcast. And I want to start out by asking you guys, have you ever had bumped into a, like a friend that maybe you knew in high school? And there's an assumption here, if you're still in high school, I guess you have to go back to grade school. But, but you know, for uh, those of us that have been out of high school for a little while, uh, man, you've ran into somebody and, and they honestly have not matured one bit since high school. It's like they're the same person. Maybe they're, they're a good person, but you know, they, they haven't really grown in their life. And, and, and I know I have a few people like that. And, and I always, when I see that, man, it's always, you know, glad to see old friends. And I'm, I kind of, it's a, it's a, for me, it's a, like a, a kind of a check. Am I maturing? Hopefully I, I'm getting to the next level, right? As best I possibly can. And for me, it's once again, it's kind of living life on purpose, right? And one of the things about living life on purpose is, is looking, pay attention and, and looking for improvement. You know, I think it's important also to know that, that you, we've never arrived. You know, what I mean is you're never there. All right. I've, I've, I figured it out, right? We're always arriving. It's really about progress. It's about the, the progress and, and the process, not perfection. And, uh, uh, there's a great quote, success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal or dream. And I think it was Earl Nightingale that said that. But the whole concept is, are you, you know, what are you successful when you're striving, right? When you're trying to get to the next level, it's not like, uh, you know, at, at a point where, you, of course, uh, success is along the way, you accomplish something that's awesome, but it's, it's every day you got to get up again uh, and, and do it again, you know, uh, you know, I feel like really good about where I'm at in my career and, and, and I, and I might, someone might come up to me and say, man, Mr. Kovar, you're pretty successful. And, and, and I'm honored that they would think that, but let me tell you, it's not like once you're, you're it's, it's like every day you got to get up again. You, you, your business might be successful today, but try uh, not going into work or, you know, for a week or being rude to your people or there's so many things that could kill that, right? So it's like every day, what can I do? It's really not about being better than the people around you as much as being better than you were. So the question I have for you is, are you better now than you were five years ago? What do I mean by that? Like, like uh, maybe not in every area, like I'm not kicking higher now than I did five years ago, right? But I'd like to think, you know, my level of discipline is a little bit better, my level of uh, a little bit more empathetic on purpose than I was. And that's all you're looking for in my mind is, is direction that you, you're going to go. And one of the things is that over time, you all know somebody that has developed a high level of wisdom. Maybe it's somebody in your life. Maybe it's a relative or a friend that just has some good common sense. And of course, some people come by this uh, you know, easier than others. But I, I think what happens, wisdom comes when you're paying attention. And, you know, uh, I, I think a good definition of wisdom is maximum results with minimum effort. Maximum results with minimum effort, right? And, and, uh, and you, uh, there's so many different applications of that, but I know in martial arts, uh, uh, it, it's kind of like you, you see these guys have been doing martial arts a long time that somehow are able to generate a lot of power without a lot of movement or be very efficient, right? And, and, uh, and that just comes through like a lot of experience. It's really hard to shortcut it, but it, and, it, and it's, it comes from, uh, you know, Good judgment and good judgment comes from bad judgment remembered, you know, making mistakes and thinking, okay, what can I do to not repeat that again? And, and so uh, I guess. Uh, it, it's it's not being ignorant. I know that sometimes ignorance is bliss. Yes, it, that can be when you're you're unaware of what you're doing wrong, man. You can wander around 
uh, you know, kind of oblivious, but you're not improving. And, and sometimes I think it's important to, to aware, like, 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 uh, uh, to be aware that when you are living on purpose, you're more mindful of your weaknesses. And sometimes you feel like you're moving backwards. Let me explain what I mean by that. So let's just say that you were in a, like in martial arts training, for example. Uh, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had someone tell me as they move up the ranks, you know, I used to be better, right? I used to be better. And maybe they're, they're a brown belt and they're striving towards black belt and they're think, looking back on the days when they were a purple belt thinking, you know, I think I was better when I was a purple belt, right? I, well, what it was, it's almost never the case, right? Common sense, sense tells you that if you, if you show up, you know, in martial arts training on a regular basis and you try hard and you put your spirit into training and you're consistent, you're going to get better. But what happens is you become more aware of your weaknesses. It's like, for example, if you are uh, – uh, right-handed and you right now were to sign your name with your right hand man it's natural you can do that really well now put your put the pen or pencil on your left hand and sign your name it's going to feel really awkward well that's what your right hand felt like when you first started writing but you didn't know what awkward felt like so you had nothing to compare it with right so sometimes when you feel like you're falling back it just means that you're uh, aware of the process and so it's really about staying the course. So today what I want to do is I wanted to share with you a few more just like my life's lessons that I've learned in my life. And, and, and this is really hopefully, you know, we all live, can live a bit vicariously through others. So hopefully some of these lessons you can learn through this. But also it's a reminder that are you, uh, you know, observing what's going on around you and, and learning from those lessons as well. Um, so the first one that, that I, I want to talk about is uh, is um, it's. It has to do with not taking yourself too seriously and knowing that there's always going to be room for improvement. So several years back, I, I fly a lot. Like I'm literally probably on, you know, 100 planes a year. I, I, it's not exaggerating. If you're thinking that's 100 trips a year, no, it's not 100 trips a year. Most of the time, if I like fly somewhere, I've got two planes to get out there and two planes to get back. That's often the case, right? So you get the idea. Um, and so, but nevertheless, that's a lot of planes and that's a lot of times you spend at the gate waiting to get on the next plane and inevitably stuff happens, man. Flights are delayed, uh, you know, flights are canceled, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff happens. And, and I look at, at my experience at the airports, I try to just kind of roll with the punches and I try not to, to be as worried about, uh, you know, how things are going to go down if they're out of my control. It's a really good practice in that, right? And uh, anybody that knows me knows that I hate being late for planes. I mean, I like this is definitely an issue for me. So I'm always at the airport real early. And, 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 uh, and, and, and so I have this, this is my, my, my learning grounds for patience, uh, and, uh, what, uh, being calm and maintaining, uh, my composure. But so anyway, I feel like I've made a lot of progress. And I remember one time, uh, a, a couple years back, uh, um, you know, it's been a, a flight has been delayed and we were finally getting on board. And, and I remember my concern was, was that my, my, this was my first of two flights. If it was delayed too much, of course, then I'm have a hard time making my second flight, etc. So I'm being calm. I'm being good about it. I'm so proud of myself about how calm I'm, I, I am, I'm being, I'm thinking, wow, I'm really getting this flight to this, you know, this patience thing figured out. Wow. Look at me. Aren't I amazing? That's what I'm thinking in my head. Right. And, and, and the, the reason why I'm thinking that is because two people, two or three uh, people ahead of me as they're getting on the, the gate attendant is uh, checking people in and, and, and there's this lady that has three pieces of luggage and it, she really has two pieces of luggage in a purse. Right. And, but the lady that, that, that you know, is checking goes, I'm sorry, you're, we only, you know, the FAA, uh, um, 
uh, rules are we can only have two pieces of luggage. Would you, you know, you're going to have to condense those three to two. And this lady just puts up this big, how dare you, she just goes off on the on the, the, the gal that's working the gate. And, you know, and the gal working the gate, they get that all the time. She calmly kind of redirects it, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember looking at her and thinking, oh, I can't believe she's doing that, man. She ought to be calm and collective under pressure like I am, you know. Uh, I've got this flight stuff figured out. And I go up and it's my turn. And I've got my, uh, you know, I've, I've got a backpack. I pack always super light. And I, I almost never check. I mean, I rarely ever check. And and uh, so I've got this. But I was gone for a week. So my pack was pretty full. Right. And so I get up to the, and the lady takes one look at my pack. And uh, remember, I'm still so proud of myself for being calm under pressure and, 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 and passing judgment on the gal with the, you know, that put up the, the mini tantrum. And the lady looks at me. And she goes, uh, I'm sorry, you're going to have to check that bag. You're going to have to uh, see if that that bag is, is, is small enough to fit. You know, they have those compartments that you put them in because I think it looks a little big. You might have to check it. And what do I do? <laughs> I just catch myself going off like, how oh, dare you? You know, I didn't actually say anything, but in my head, I'm thinking, I travel all the time. I know. And I, I basically was putting on a tantrum in my head. Now, fortunately, I only let a couple words slip and I didn't make a total idiot of myself. And by the way, I barely got the bag in, right? I had to kind of stuff it in. So she had, she legitimately had a, a reason to say something. But here I was, thought I had it figured out. And, you know, it was, uh, and, and clearly I didn't. So the reminder for me, when I got on the plane, I kind of caught myself. I go, wait a minute. I just did what I was passing judgment over that other lady for do a minute ago, it was reminding me we can't take ourselves too too seriously. We're all a work in progress, right? And and you know, and so it, it was it was a great reminder. So next one, you know, I'd mentioned the word self discipline, and and chances are, you know, I, I've shared this story live so many times, but it's such a, a good example for me of somebody that demonstrated self discipline at a high level, and this has gotten me uh, out of bed to train more than one time. This story. Uh, and, and the story has to do with Grandmaster Jun Ri. And uh, Grandmaster Jun Ri, of course, uh, passed uh, uh, about a year ago. And he was uh, an amazing influence on my life. And I had, uh, uh, he was very famous. If you're not a martial artist, he was a very famous martial artist. He was a training partner to Bruce Lee. And he invented safety equipment the whole industry used. And he was one of the first people to start teaching martial arts professionally in the United States. And and uh, anyway, he was this amazing uh, uh uh, uh, person in so many ways. He was, in my mind, the epitome of what a, a martial arts master should be like, a high level of discipline and super respectful, etc. But one particular day, there was a few a stretch of a few years where he was doing a thousand push-ups a day, every day, as in seven days a week. Now, you fitness buffs out there, a lot of people might think that's not actually a good thing to do, right? But that it doesn't matter. He did it and, you know, it worked for him, right? Uh, um, so anyway, uh, I'm with him. Uh, he was he was actually given an, uh, um, a point of light by uh, by President Bush Senior in the early '90s, and, I, and he asked me if I would do a demo at, at this presidential dinner. And of course, it was awesome. And, and I brought some kids down. We did some forms and got to meet the president, etc. But anyway, that morning uh, I was actually rooming with him. And that morning, uh, you know, the two of us got together, and, and I got to train with him. And we did, uh, on top of everything else, we did five sets of 100 push-ups. Or he did five sets of 100 push-ups, and I attempted to, right? And then we went about our day and later that evening, uh, you know, he comes back to the room. He'd been out late with some friends and, and he comes back in the room and it's about, I don't know, 1130, 1145. 
and uh, I, and I pretend like I'm sleeping because you know I didn't I, I basically I just didn't want to wake up and have a long conversation with him. I loved him, but I, I I wasn't ready for that, so I just pretend like I'm sleeping. I watch him quietly take off his top, uh, his uh, you know his dress shirt, and do five sets of a hundred push-ups. Because why? Because he committed to doing that. It was just something he did. And see, self-discipline gets you a habit. Then, then once you have it, man, it's just about maintaining it. And so, man, so how did I put that to action? Well, so one of the things, uh, you know, I, I believe in exercise is, is consistency is, is, is paramount. Consistency is king. And, 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 and try, I try to do something every day as in seven days a week. And every now and then I might miss uh, but, but if I do, I don't beat myself up for it, but, but I, I, I probably might miss one, you know, if there's 31 days in the month, I might miss one day. Right. And by the way, some of my times my, it's not a super intense workout. Uh, I'm certainly not doing a thousand pushups every day, put it that way. But one of the things I do on the road when I'm traveling, and this is the hardest, you know, you're, 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 you're out, you're, I'm sometimes find myself doing, you know, teaching until late in the evening and then going out to dinner with the host and going back to my room and, Answering emails and calling home and and next thing in the next sometimes I have a real early um, <coughs> excuse me a, a trip or the event the next day and you know you don't always sleep good in hotels you get the idea so it's very easy to come up with excuses as to what to not work out right and and it could be justified right I, at least you know to myself or to others but you know I kind of know so the night before I'll give myself my word as law you're working out in the morning and sometimes I'll wake up and man you know I just not what I want to do what I, what I always will do is my, my kind of on the road workout is is hotel stairs that to me they're, they're it's always great uh, because there's there's you know uh, stairs are always readily available and uh, um, it's a great workout right so what I'll do is I'll grab my cup of coffee and I'll I'll think oh man I don't want to do workout today well you know you don't have to want to do it Dave just do it so I'll wander over with my cup of coffee into the stairs and and I'll just kind of uh, start the process. I'll think to myself, okay, I'll just do 10 and that's a token workout at 10 flights of stairs and that's enough. And I get to 10 and next thing you know, it takes me about 15, 20 stairs before I'm warmed up and then I'm on fire and I get through whatever my workout's going to be. Sometimes it's just straight stairs. Sometimes it's alternating with push-ups at various angles on the stairs. But the point is I'm getting at is getting started. Sometimes just getting started is enough, right? So if you're not feeling like working out, sometimes, hey, okay, just walk around the block for 10 minutes. And what's usually going to happen is you're going to, once you get the ball rolling, uh, you're going to find that momentum. Uh, you know, once you get that, then you take action and that, that you get that momentum. Remember, we've talked about it before, but motivation follows action. You get that action going. And next thing you know, man, you got your whole workout in. And uh, uh, so number next story is that, that I, I kind of wanted to share with you. And, and this has to do with uh, uh, really the importance of passion in what you do. Uh, so there's this couple that, that run a martial arts school that I coach, and they're they're very uh, a wonderful couple. They kind of came into martial arts late. It's not like they were a couple that started out as kids that were these world class athletes. Uh, you know, they 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 came to martial arts as adults, and neither of them, if I'm being politically, you know. Uh, 
correct here. Neither neither of them are are gifted athletes nor like like uh, super top notch shape people. But the, hey, they're certainly serious martial artists. And they know their craft. But if you took a look at them, if you pass judgment, you would not guess that they have this successful school, right? But they are just killing it. And you know, as a matter of fact, one of their biggest problems is they can't process all the students they get in, and their advanced classes are so crowded. They're trying to figure out how they can maximize their space. And let me tell you, that is a happy problem. And part of me, yeah, I'm scratching my head, man. You know, why? How can this be the case? Because I see other people that that you know that are amazing athletes and charismatic, and and you know that are struggling to get their business going. And it's just kind of like you know, what is it about these people, right? And and so then it only took me five minutes of visiting their school to see what was going on. So uh, the first thing I do is I walk into their school and I see the, the wife, this gal, she's greeting people as they're coming and going. She knows everybody in the school, everyone's name, exactly what they're into, what they're, she knows what, what, uh, what hobbies the moms have and what activities little brothers and sisters are doing and, and all that. And, and every no, and just makes everybody like connects with everyone. So she was, she was so great at is keeping that emotional connection, super strong, right? That dojo mom. And I walk around the corner and I watch the, the, the husband teach class and talk about someone that is hundred percent on board, hundred percent committed, enthusiastic to a student body, making every, every student pushing them. He was really good at the balance between pushing his students, but being patient with them. And, uh, the, you know, all, everybody that came to his class, man, you could tell that they were first off, they, they were appreciated. They knew that their instructor knew they were there and they were pushed. And it was like, wow, boom. It, It was so clear that, Hey man, yes, being a gifted athlete in top-notch condition and all that, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Uh, uh, however, if you lack that empathy and interest in your student body, okay, or any man, uh, you know, it, it, it's that X factor that, that can really make a big difference. And what was, what was interesting about this, it was sincere. It wasn't like kind of a something where that people were given the right words but but they really didn't mean it and i just had this this happen just to me a couple days ago i i went into an establishment and and uh uh uh, the, the lady was saying all the right things within her mind kind of the right tonality but you could just feel i don't want to say that uh, that insincerity but you could feel the fact that she was just going through the motions it was it was, you know, it was like she was acting the parts and, and it just, and I, by the way, she may have been having a really bad day and I appreciate the fact that she was acting the part. That's awesome. You know, it's better than her being rude. However, it, it wasn't organic. It wasn't natural. It was very forced. And, and, and what a gift to be able to really be able to extend your passion to those around you. And how do you do that? Well, I think one of the things that you do is that, is that you remember, you, you know, when you come from a position of gratitude, and empathy, then that makes an incredibly big difference. You, 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 you know, you remember what you're doing and why you're doing it, and then naturally you tend to appreciate the people you're with uh, a little bit more. Next story, and this is about making sure that you cross the finish line. Man, being a finisher. I talked earlier about getting started on the stairs. That's awesome, but also then being able to finish something is really important. I have this friend uh, that I've known for a really long time that that lives on the East Coast, and every now and then he'll come out and visit me. And this person is a a very capable person and uh, a very uh, great personality, uh, uh, fun to be around, life of the party, energetic, athletic, everything. This person has 
uh, spent their whole life almost realizing great success, but never quite getting it done, never quite getting it done. It's kind of like always amazing how this person always has all these great ideas and, and then, and then what happens is, is that, you, you know, that something will come up. Oh, how'd this go? Ah, oh, it just didn't work out, you know? And, and I've never been able to figure it out until one time, uh, a couple years back, uh, this person comes out and visits me and we spend, uh, uh, some time together and I take him on a run around, uh, uh, Ansel Hoffman park, which is a park by my house. And, uh, um, and you know, so here we go and we're pushing, we got a pretty good pace going and it's all, it's grand total. It's about a 5k and, and we're like doing the last hundred yards and it's kind of a, just a, by the way, it, you know, if you're fresh and you're, or you're in a car and you go up the hill to my house, it doesn't seem like anything. But let me tell you, if you've been pushing hard and you're at the tail end of a workout, that, that, uh, um, that incline is enough to really make that last couple hundred yards hard. So we're pushing, we just go, let's go, man, let's go. So we're both like pushing up the hill and, and, you know, and literally, you know, my, my mailbox in my, in my, uh, in my head, my mailbox is that's always the stopping point. When I go past my mailbox, I can slow down or stop. And, and, and so I tell him, all right, man, the mailbox to the mailbox. All right. So we're going and literally, literally 10 feet before we get to the mailbox, he stops and starts walking. And let me tell you, it's not because he was so fatigued he was going to die if he didn't. It was just like, oh, I'm close enough. Boom. And that's when it it's hit me is this guy with all the talent that he had never crosses the finish line, never sees stuff through its fruition. So I would challenge you, man, if you feeling like, man, I just I get close. I don't quite ever quite get something done. Finish something, completely finish something and, 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 and then set yourself up for success by finding tasks that not only can you start, but you can actually finish. And if you can do that that man great stuff will happen and and that brings it i'm going to tie it into the, the, the very last lesson and that is is you can always do more than you think you can you can always do more than you think you can and you've had ample experiences in your life where that's the case but and so have i and i want to share it with you one and i i've got lots of running stories around ansel hoffman parks i know i've i've shared them but this is what i don't know that i've shared so i'm i'm running along uh, I'm about halfway through my, my run and I've taken a little different course. I'm down by the river and, and I'm a man, I'm having a hard time. It's like, for whatever reason, usually, you know, it takes a mile for me to get warmed up and then I'm feeling pretty good. Well, this is, you know, I'm, I'm, it's been a mile and a half, a mile and three quarters. And I'm just, man, my, I'm just not having it. And I'm thinking, should I just walk the rest of the way? I'll still get the same distance. And I think, no, I'll, I'll keep going, but boy, my body's not warming up and you know, yada, yada. And then I look up the trail and these, and my trail is going to interact, inter, intersect with some, and another trail uh, up a hundred yards. And I, I look over to my left where this trail is going to intersect. And I see this runner coming along and, uh, and I realize that, uh, our, our paths are going to intercept. And my guess is it's going to be about the same time. So now I have this decision to make. Do I slow down or speed up? Uh, cause if I slow down a little bit, I'm already not going very fast and it's going to be, he's going to be in front of me. I'm not, nothing's going to change. And I, but my fragile male ego, like competitive nature streaking me comes out and I go, okay, well, I'm going to get ahead of this guy. I'm not going to let him beat me to that corner. So what do I do? I step it up. And by the time I, you know, we, our paths meet, uh, I, am 10 feet ahead of him, And I realize this guy's got a serious pace. And at this point, there's no friggin' way I'm going to let him pass me. It's stupid. It's silly. I get it, but that's just how sometimes we are. Right. And so what do I do? I step it up and I got this great pace going and, and I'm, my lungs are burning for, you know, 23 seconds. Then I start getting that second momentum and I start feeling really good. 
and I finished my course with this really nice speed. And of course, I was tired when I was done, but uh, it was so ironic as just a minute before I was thinking about walking because I was tired, my body wasn't feeling it. I just needed a little something outer motivation and stimulation, right? And so I, it's just a reminder to me that you can always do more than you think you can. And sometimes it's just a matter of, of taking a breath and stepping it up. And so I would challenge you to go out there and do more than you think you can. Strive for doing so. Strive for doing something worthy today, and live on purpose. Do the best you can to be aware of what's going on around you, and try to learn from it. So tomorrow, you hopefully can start fresh from what you learned today, and you don't end up making that same mistake. So thanks for tuning in. I look forward to talking with you in the future. Bye bye.